2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) You yell back at your radio. What are you
2: talking
1: about?
2: What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on The Fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer.
4: Welcome in Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer with you live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education. For more than 25 years. Lakeland.edu. That's Lakeland.edu. Dan Plucker on the side of the glass. Jake Kokorowski uh, is going to be joining us from BadgerBlitz.com. Coming up here in about 7 or 8 minutes. Looking forward uh, to talking uh, to Jake about uh, the Badgers recruiting class uh, that happened uh, yesterday. uh, That they were able to get secured. Uh, And I'm also interested in talking to him about Elvis Witted's comments, the Badgers wide receiving uh, coach on uh, the wide receivers that he's looking to step up and specifically comments he made about Marcus Allen, uh, the Badgers freshman wide receiver. Um, I, I, I'm not all that excited by his comments. I get them from a coaching perspective of what he said uh, about Marcus Allen, but at the same time, as a fan uh, I i am frustrated and uh, angered uh, by the comments of Elvis Witted, and uh, we will get to those uh, coming up, like I said, seven, eight minutes uh, with our guy, uh, Jake Kokorowski. Before we get to Jake Kokorowski, I want to I go to uh, uh, talk about my guy, Dan Plucker, other side of the glass here. So Plucker and I were, were talking this morning, and Plucker was telling me that he's going to see the new Spider-Man movie uh, coming out uh, today. I thought, wrongly, clearly, um, because this is what the 14-year-old told me, that Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man movie, was coming out tomorrow. So I was like, you're going today, Pluck? Yeah, 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 yeah. Before, they would come out at like midnight, right? Is that right, Plucker? The midnight, the night before, yeah, or whatever. The okay,
0: midnight showings have midnight moved show- to like 3 o'clock right. in Milwaukee. So, so.
4: so now, Plucker goes, but... Um, they're, they're moved back earlier now. So now they start at like 3 in the afternoon or whatever. I'm like, huh? So I go and I look. Sure enough, there are showings all afternoon and all night uh, all over southeastern Wisconsin of this new Spider-Man movie that is coming out. So um, I was kind of surprised by that. So then the 14-year-old, my 14-year-old, he wants to go see the new Spider-Man movie, as I point out to Leroy Butler, who's already seen it. So went online to look at and get tickets for him for this weekend to to go see the movie. Plucker, how much did you pay, I'm curious, for your tickets? Or did you have free movie passes? Uh,
0: it was $13 a ticket.
4: 13 So I was looking at like the super screen one that they have at South Shore or whatever. It was like 14 something like that uh, per ticket. Do y'all go to movies a lot at $13, $14 a crack still? No. Is that a thing?
0: Only only for like big premieres like this. Like Tuesday, five dollar yep.
4: five dollar Tuesdays make all the sense in the world to me. Okay, fine. I get down five dollars. Thirteen, fourteen dollars a head for a movie? Like what's so more special now than was before? I know, right? The seats, the seats they recline. Um and they're supposedly more comfy, which they are. I'll give them credit. They are more comfy um than a lot of seats that we that we've seen in the past. Now you have some of these movie theaters that have dine-in um, so you can eat dinner or whatever while you've done it. I've done that one before. I did it for uh, draft day. Remember the uh, the, the uh, movie draft day? Took the kids. That was not a cheap day, by the way. And that was years ago. Took the kids. We all had dinner, watched draft day together. It was a lot of fun. Memory will always have. Um, so, I mean, I can see that because that's an experience type deal. But this is what I don't understand. And I'm I'm trying to figure it out, and I'm critiquing another industry that I've never worked in. Right, I've never worked in the movie industry in my life. I've never, uh, you know, handed out popcorn to people uh, coming into a movie theater. I've never been an usher at a theater. Never collected tickets at a movie theater. And I'm sure there are a bunch of you that have had some type of experience more than I have. This is what I don't get. If five dollar Tuesdays pack every movie theater around this area. And I think they do. When you go on Tuesdays for $5, is it packed, Plucker, when you go? Depends
0: on how old of a movie I'm seeing. Like, if I was waiting to No, but to when you go it,
4: into the movie theater parking lot, is it full? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. For sure. Okay. So, South Shore in Oak Creek by us, that movie theater on Tuesdays is packed with cars. Guaranteed packed every Tuesday. Other days of the week, there's cars there for sure. But it's nothing like Tuesday. I, I don't understand the financials. Of how much you have to charge to make money one way or the other, right? So how much do they pay to the movie company essentially to air the movie to run the movie in their movie theater? There has to be some type of cost, right? Then you have your overhead of whatever you're paying uh the people that are working at the the movie theater, plus your overhead of food costs, drink costs, so does cheap. Uh, but food costs for all of that that all that all goes together, and I understand that but i what i'm what I'm struggling with here is You are competing with streaming services across the board, right? Most people will just be like, I'll just wait for Spider-Man to come to whatever streaming service it's going to be on and I'll watch it there. Like Disney Plus. A lot of these movies I can just watch on Disney Plus. I don't got to go to a movie theater to watch these movies. Like that's not a thing. So if you're going to compete with said movies and streaming of movies, wouldn't it make more sense to make this more cost-effective? For people wanting to go to the movie theater, especially when you have proof that this Tuesday thing works, right? I mean, I get, okay, so you want to you want to raise the rate, let's say on Friday and Saturdays or Sundays, because a lot of people are off work or whatever, uh, on Friday nights, Saturdays, Sundays. So you're going to raise the rate, kind of like going to a Brewer Cardinal or Brewer Cub game, right? You have premium pricing because there's a lot more people wanting to do it at that point. Okay, fine, I get that. But I think they're like, somebody's missing the boat here as far as pricing themselves kind of out of the market to a certain degree. To me, I don't know about y'all, I don't know how many of you all go to movies one way or the other. I don't go to a lot anymore. Now, even before COVID, we didn't go to a lot of movies one way or the other to a certain degree because of cost. And the same could be said about Bucks games uh, or Brewers games or Packers games. Same type of deal, Right. Because of costs, you know, you kind of get yourself priced out of paying for parking and tickets for games and so forth. The $5 movie theater thing clearly works. Why would you only do that one day a week? Why wouldn't you push that to Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and push that agenda? And maybe $5 Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays don't include uh, a movie that came out In that first two weeks. The first two weeks that movie is out, like Spider-Man, let's say. The $5 thing doesn't count. It's a brand new movie. It's not out. You're going to have to pay full book. But after that, boom, $5, you can see it. That would make sense to me. I just, A, I don't know a lot of people that go see movies. Leroy, he's spoiled. He gets movies sent to him ahead of time. I don't know the deal. He's got worked out. But either way, he gets to see all these movies before they get to him. But outside of that, like, I just don't know a lot of people that are still going to the movie theater. And, Now, 14-year-old, he's going. Now, why does a 14-year-old want to go to the movie theater? Simple. He wants to go to the movie theater because he's worried that social media will ruin the movie for him if he doesn't go soon enough. Is that the reason you're going, Blocker, is to avoid the movie being ruined for you by social media?
0: That is certainly a part of it, yes.
4: That was his reason. He said, I didn't even see the last one, but I know the whole storyline, so I'm not even going to bother watching it." it because of social media. So he's like, listen. We don't go this weekend. By Monday or Tuesday, I'm probably going to know exactly what happens, and then I don't even want to go, and I don't want it ruined. I want to go. He, I'll go by myself. I'll go sit in a chair by myself and watch. You can just drop me off and pick me up. I just want to see the movie. Okay, fine. I, I mean, I get it. I totally understand it. So from that perspective, social media helps the movie theater, right? Because I don't believe this movie is being streamed anywhere yet. So from that perspective, it helps. Those people that want to see the movie before social media ruins it for them, they're going to pay the money to go see it. But not every movie is as hot as what this one is, or as hot as a new Star Wars movie, or whatever the the case may be. Not all those movies have that. So that that I guess that's what I don't understand. Greg Marcus, that's the guy that runs uh, Marcus Movies. We should have him on to interview him one of these days. I. I'd love to talk to. I've never met the man in my life. Never talked to him uh, a moment in my life. But I go ahead and call Jay a pluck but th- th- that to me, that w- that would be my question. Like I, I don't. I guess I'm 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 struggling to understand that you're trying to keep up with streaming, um, in in dealing with th- this other form of entertainment. But yet the price point is so high that everybody just says, eh. Not everybody, but a lot of people, say, eh, whatever. That, that that and I'll give you a prime example of this. So I went looking for tickets for the Spider-Man movie. Man, there are tickets available all over the place. I thought when Plucker said it was coming out today, I was like, oh no. I'm like the movies, the, these tickets are going to be gone for the weekend. If this is coming out today, there's no chance I'll be able to get tickets. I went online to look for movie tickets. Every movie time I clicked on was pretty much open. Whether I looked at South Shore or wherever I looked at the Ridge out here in New Berlin, wherever I looked, there were seats open in every movie theater. Every time slot. None of them were sold out that I could find uh, online. That gives you another idea of kind of where this whole thing is at. I'm just just curious. I'm not, not necessarily ripping them for it. I'm just trying to figure out the reasoning behind it. One way or the other, as far as, you know, the price point and making the money. Obviously, they make a ton of money because otherwise you wouldn't have cinemas all over the place like they do. But I guess that's that's kind of my struggle. All right. Joining us now is Jake Kokorowski, a fabulous, fabulous project, a product, I should say, at BadgerBlitz.com. Part of the Rivals Network on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Jake, thanks for coming on, buddy.
5: Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh busy time. I'm, I'm seeing Spider-Man this weekend coming up. I'm excited for that.
4: OK, so how often do you go to the movie theaters?
5: Ooh, I, you know what? I, with everything going with the pandemic, not too much. Not too much. I mean, I saw Fast Nine for the first time uh, back. What was it in but May, ish and that was the first time back. And you know, the theaters were pretty packed there for that opener. But yeah, we also haven't had a chance even to get back, honestly, with busy schedules and whatnot. And know, yeah, I need to take advantage of five dollar Tuesdays and, and all their stuff like that. So it's. Uh, but hopefully this weekend I'll be back there.
4: And you're paying full boat, right? $13, 14 bucks.
5: You got. I mean, I'll respect the product. With, I mean, I'm a com arts major at heart, TV, radio, film at, from UW. So you know, I respect. You know, I'll pay that full dollar uh, price for the. You know, especially for a premiere like this, where you know I'm a big Marvel nerd. Uh, besides professional wrestling, sure. and sports, and must not. I'm huge into Marvel uh, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So anytime, I uh, you know, I, I like the first two Spider-Man movies and just. The villains coming back from the other, tri- you know, other trilogies or whatnot. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited. Just
4: think about it. If they said five dollar pricing on Spider Man, right, for the first week, let's say it's five dollar tickets for Spider Man across the board, all these, all these theaters and times, I bet you would be sold out, and all the money you would make back on concessions and everything else, I think would be through the roof. Would be my guess. That would be my guess. Now, maybe you don't make as much on concessions as you do on the actual ticket of the seat. Uh, but now I'm really diving deep into this whole business aspect of it that I don't understand. Uh, Jake, let's talk about the Badger recruiting class, about as underwhelming of a recruiting class as I can remember seeing from the Badgers in quite some time.
5: I mean, it's, it's tough. It's, it, oh, I know right now I, I check the rankings, and uh, according to Rivals, and they're 46th, like, as I was walking out the door and Barley talked to you. But, you know, I, the thing is though, a lot of people, and I, I try to tell people this too, where, it may not be as big as the previous three classes, and recruiting is significant, don't, you know, whatnot. You also have to look at the, the signing class and just how many there are. There's only sure. 14 players in there compared to other, you know, other classes. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I apologize for that, Sparky, but just looking at other classes, I know that they're much higher in terms of, you know, I guess, ranking because they have more commits. And so that does play a role in there. I think they're about, you know, I think in terms of average star rating, they're, they're pretty good. For, for Big Ten rankings and whatnot. And, you know, I don't know if they're, you know, we'll see just what happens, you know, come up with, with National Signing Day, you know, the official National Signing Day, you know, in February. And we'll just, what else they do maybe in the in transfer portal. So they're still, you know, it's, it's rough because obviously the, the big news was them missing out on Billy Shrout yep. last week. It's so Notre Dame. And you know, he's going to Notre Dame, and obviously you, you want to keep uh you know, it's what Barry Alvarez always talked about when he took over the program was keeping the best players within the state borders. And, you know, right now Carson Hinsman, another right, 250 lineman, top 100 player in the, in the country, the nation's number one center, according to rivals. You know, he's still so undecided. And when talking to him, uh, was it last weekend, I think it was, you know, he was, you know, he didn't even know when he was going to, uh, you know, commit, you know, he didn't have a, a date for me or a timeline for a decision. So that, that's still... You know, uh, we'll see what, what Hinson does where, you know, Wisconsin's one of the finalists along with uh, Ohio State. So, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, it is, um, you know, you can say it's it's not based off of rankings and whatnot, but, you know, I do try to preface it, and we're not trying to be obviously homers at all, but, you know, size class, you know, class of the size, of the class matters, but but also, I think they also found some really good gems in this class that are you know that just got boosted up in rankings, like an Aiden Vaughn from Michigan who really balled out in his senior year. And he was, uh, you know, because of the pandemic, his recruiting story, his journey was stunted because he wasn't able to get out to camps last year. So, you know, who knows? You know, you know I guess you know, with some of these players that came on at the end, um, I think Wisconsin still got a really good class, and obviously, Isaac. As a can, the uh, you know Sun Prairie product, who high three-star kid, you know I know John McNamara thinks very highly of him, our editor, uh, he officially made it official with Wisconsin last night, and I was there, so uh, I think there is some good things with this class. All
4: right, so let's talk about that for him. That did that come down to Ohio State and
5: Wisconsin as well? I mean, he had mentioned that he thought that that was he believes that those two schools for him would be those uh, those two uh, programs and whatnot. He, he stated that he didn't have a you know a, a clear cut. Uh, offer from Ohio State, but you know overall, you know he but you know he had a, a dinner with uh, head coach Paul Christ and special teams coach Chris Herring, who does some of the in-state recruiting here in class uh, last week, and uh, you know had dinner with them, and that kind of sealed the deal. With really, it sounds like uh, based off what Isaac had said, told us yesterday. So um, you know, but you know he he's coming to Wisconsin now, and it's really interesting where how you know how he says Wisconsin wants to use him is is an edge rusher is, outside linebacker you know, right yeah and it's, it's kind of interesting too because he said nine technique which is a defensive line t- term really and you know, I know outside linebackers have that too where they're outside uh you know on the offensive line there but you know he's, he he Wisconsin listed him as a defensive end but it sounds like he's going to be kind of a pass rusher go get him type of guy uh we'll see how it develops over time but uh it will be interesting to see what he does but yeah you know, i i saw one of his games in the spring. And I know John McNamara has gone off to see him, uh, as well during the course of the, tw- of 2021. And you know, he's, he can get in the backfield and, and he has a high motor and that's what his, you know, uh, his coaches has t- told us. And he could, you know, we'll see just how his body develops over time, but you know, this could be a, a good, you know, a, a steal in my eyes, you know, and what he could develop and, and become.
4: I'm glad they were able to keep Brunner in state, the big all uh, hulking offensive lineman, one of the top offensive linemen in the country. I think that was a critical get, especially after they lost Shrouth to Notre Dame.
5: Yeah, you know, and Brunner committed back in in June, yep, uh, and whatnot. And after, you know, and he had visited other schools. I think it was Notre Dame and Ohio State before he made his decision too. So I mean, he was being pursued by you know, and it's turned into stuff where you know other programs are you know looking to the state and seeing that high caliber talent like Shrouth, like Brunner, like Hinsman, especially on the line. Too, uh, for that matter, and, and you, they've seen just the success that Wisconsin has had within state linemen and just what they can produce. So, you know, but Brunner is a, a violent type of player, very physical, uh, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, and, you, you know, Joe Rudolph, the Office of the Lion coach, associate head coach, was talking yesterday about him, just talking about his play style. And, uh, Wisconsin, you know, you have that on BadgerBlitz.com, too. We, uh, we put together, we compiled, all the you know with the offensive projected commits uh, that are going to play on offense, we had that you know we had the coaches kind of talk about them and uh, you know Joe Rudolph gushed about him and and also Barrett Nelson who's another in-state lineman, the, the younger brother of Jack Nelson who's the starting right guard. But brother was you know it, it is a key piece you know another top 100 type player in and, and whatnot. I think he's a top 10 offensive tackle in the nation for this class. Uh, and so you know you you have that foundation. There are there are some good players within this class. You're not just you know, Hinsman, Schrout and Brunner, but, you know, Miles Burkett, obviously from Franklin, the state player of the year, uh, and a, from a couple, couple publications. On top of that, too, uh, you know, JT Greaves is a kid that. Uh, I think could be, a, I talk about Steele Tom, you know, even though he was a high three-star kid, but JTC Grooves, you know, played running back for Monroe just southwest here at Madison, 6'6", 220-ish. Uh, but, uh, you know, Mickey Turner gushed about him and just what he could potentially become. And, and he's running like a 4640 six forty and, you know, thinks that he can, you know, keep that with, you know, adding weight and whatnot. So, it's you know, this this class may not necessarily have the numbers, but there are some players that I think that, you know, will make a big impact for this program down the road.
4: This walk-on program that they have uh, in the past has it been mainly Wisconsin kids? Because I think every walk-on they've got is from Wisconsin, outside of one.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's been you know you've had like John Torchio, who you know everyone knows you know he's been he played in place of Colin Wilder and Colin Wilder for that matter was a transfer from Houston that walk on too. So if you're talking about two safeties that came from different states. That, that's Those are kind of the exceptions. Andrew Endicott is another one, a kicker from California uh, during the mid-2000s uh, that I got to know uh, with, with him and his family uh, when I wrote the book. But, it, you know, I'm walking on this way. I know, you know, you have Austin Hartno, who's from Seattle, who's an outside linebacker, uh, which is an interesting uh, note. And he signed yesterday, uh, and uh, John McNamara talked with him, and we'll have an article up coming up uh, you know, in the next couple of days, we've been swamped with coverage, so we don't want to bury a story uh, just to get it out right away. We want, you know, we want everyone to see the coverage. But uh it's you know, you have those. But yeah, there's a lot of in-state guys, and, and for that matter, really good in-state guys like Jackson Trudgeon here from Edgewood, who's a projected safety uh, and whatnot. So you know, it's this is a very strong walk-on class. Uh, I know people want. The star ratings and and whatnot fans do, and and that does you know the talent obviously play a role, but you know walk-ons have been that glue, that foundation of the Wisconsin program in terms of just filling in, filling in the you know uh, where it needs to and stepping in where needed uh, and making those plays count. And this class, I think, is is really really good for walk-ons. There he is. He's our
4: guy, Jake Kokorowski. Again, badgerblitz.com, part of the Rivals Network. Make sure to check it out. Uh, worth every dollar you spend. Uh, let's read all their fine stuff that they do over there with Wergle, McNamara, and Kokarowski. Jake, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it.
5: Thanks. That's how you pronounce our names. We should be a law firm. <laughs> yeah, <a local> right. <laughs> my-
4: <laughs> <laughs> there he yeah, is. Right,
5: take care. Happy holidays to you. You too.
4: Take care. There he is. Jake Kokorowski joining us on the Great Midwest Bank uh, hotline of applying for a home renovation loan. As you're feeling anxious, breathe. I like Great Midwest Bank. Help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Uh, Dan Plucker and I are going to discuss the Big Ten and whether or not realignment for football needs to be uh, had and whether or not things need to be changed Sam Decker retweeted or quote tweeted something yesterday, early well late morning, I guess it would be, as far as recruiting rankings and how all these teams did in the Big Ten. And I think it would be fair to say that he was disgusted by what he saw. I was as well, and that's going to lead to this discussion of maybe realigning the Big Ten. We'll do that coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. I can't even make this up. So, coming out of break, I check my email, and there is an email, Plucker, promoting the wait is over, Spidey is here. What's today? December 16th? Exclusively movie theaters, December 17th. But, but it's in, there, it's in movie theaters today, Right? not I mean it's in movie theaters tomorrow too
0: yeah I don't I don't understand why they keep doing this stuff but, but then I think it they, says, they just want to keep the uh the Friday part of it like right it says get ready for a
4: wild Friday. ride the last sentence is uh get ready for a wild ride is Spider-Man no way home hits a big screen exclusively starting tonight the big graphic says that it's exclusively movie theaters uh, tomorrow and either way that all of that is still wrong because it's premiering this afternoon like in an hour. Whatever. Uh, okay. So I uh, wh- want to get uh, Plucker's thoughts on this whole thing uh, involving uh, the Big Ten and recruiting rankings because it is really lopsided. And not that anybody should be surprised that it's lopsided when you have uh, Ohio State and Michigan on one side uh, and then, you know, Wisconsin and essentially Iowa uh, on the other side because, again, uh, you know, teams like Nebraska haven't done Nebraska things in in quite some time at this point. So this tweet was put out by Brian Mac, Brian underscore Mac. This is amazing. Uh, tweets it out and Sam Decker quote tweeted yesterday and such a joke, incredibly bad. And the recruiting rankings for football: uh, one is Ohio State, uh, Penn State is two, Michigan three, Michigan State four. Uh, then Indiana 5, Rutgers 6, Maryland 7, and then 8 is Purdue. That's the best team in the West. Minnesota, Illinois, Iowa, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Now, again, remember, this was before the Isaac Ham uh, commitment as well because this tweet went out uh, at like 10 o'clock yesterday morning. So these rankings changed a little bit. But besides all of that, That doesn't even matter. I mean, we could sit here and we could talk about, well, Wisconsin has a smaller recruiting class and so forth, and it does. And the Badgers in years past, uh, the last, I don't know, two, three years, they've been in the 30s to the 20s range, right? I mean, that's where they've been nationally when they've had bigger recruiting classes. So when you have a smaller recruiting class, right now there's even, I guess, more pressure on you in the smaller recruiting class to have more of the four-star type kids within that recruiting class if – recruiting rankings are a thing. I don't feel like now that Saeed has left that recruiting rankings are necessarily a thing for them one way or the other. I think with Saeed who went to Michigan state, I think recruiting rankings for him are a thing. um, And that that's kind of how he is graded when you're in charge of recruiting was a great piece by Jesse temple uh, with the athletic uh, that uh, he essentially did a one-on-one interview with Paul Christ. And within that piece, Uh, Paul Chris goes into the fact that they're essentially going to kind of redo the recruiting department a little bit and hire some people on uh, starting next month. And they want to have it all done pretty much by February. And they're going to rearrange uh, the chairs a little bit and responsibilities and so forth and add some more people uh, into that department. And he talks about the fact that, look, nowadays, because of the recruiting, because of the portal, I should say, which uh, as some have called it, some college coaches have called it essentially free agency in college football now, Because of that, you have to pay attention to those kids that enter the portal. Do you want those kids? If you do want to want those kids, you essentially have to recruit those kids that go into the portal. So you pretty much have to have people assigned just to taking care of the portal aspect of it, right? Then you have to have people taking care of the high school recruiting aspect of getting those guys uh, in from the different high schools into your recruiting class. So... Those are both two different aspects, but both kind of go into the recruiting uh, side of things as far as how you approach it. And then staying on top of it and going after the guys uh, that you want to go after and staying consistent and keeping the communication up um, and not let, having there be any lag time, allowing making sure these kids realize how important they are to your program and how much you want them as part of your program. So all of that goes with it. Then, uh, also within that article, uh, Paul Chris talks about Grades and academics and class suggestion and helping them get to where they need to be academically in order to qualify or whatever the case may be. That whole thing, too. Now, as he states, you know, is that technically recruiting? Uh, maybe not in the grand scheme of things, but it's still helping that kid out understand what they have to do academically to get to wherever they want to go, wherever they may want to do, wherever the case may be, which is great, right? As a parent, cool. Love it. All about it, right? Uh, helping my kid understand what he needs to get done in order to qualify for Wisconsin or whatever program he ends up going to. Is Nick Saban doing that? Probably not. I I doubt it. I I doubt it. Um, are, Are some of these other top programs probably doing that same type of thing? No, probably not. But if you just look at the balance right now on both sides, does it really make sense to have one side so heavy? From a Badger fan standpoint, it's absolutely. I don't want any realignment. The Badgers have a chance to win this side every year and be in the Big Ten Championship game. Why in the world, Sparky, would I want realignment? I hear you. I get down with it. But sometimes competition kind of helps make me push you in a direction of doing things differently to keep up with the Joneses. I don't feel like Wisconsin is getting pushed to keep up with the Joneses because of how absolutely pathetic and sad this side of the Big Ten is. I don't think they're being pushed at all. Who's pushing them? Nebraska? Horrible. Scott Frost didn't even have a job. So, no, don't think it's Nebraska. Uh, Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald does an amazing job with what he has to work with down there with the, the great hurdles and everything else he's got to deal with down there. It's like, being, it's like Wisconsin. He's done a great job. Not going to compete for no national championships. I'm not getting pushed by them. Uh, Iowa has been consistent for a hundred years, but again, and they're not competing for a national championship. Uh, Bielema at Illinois has got a lot of work to do before they become anything to be concerned about, if they ever get to that point. Roll the uh, at Minnesota. We'll see, but again, I don't know if he can get that program to that level. Uh, and Purdue finally, uh, you know, made some gains this year under under Brahm's coach. So we'll see where that goes from here. But realistically, on that side, unless Nebraska figures it out, Wisconsin is the only program that you can legitimately look at and say from that side that at some point could be in a playoff in college, in the college football playoffs. They're legitimately the only school at this point. And I know there's a lot of Iowa graduates that are yelling at me right now, ah, you're underestimating the Hawkeyes. Maybe. If I am, uh, so be it. And the other side, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Those three for certain are going to be right there because of the talent they put on the field. Now, they have to have good coaching, but because of the talent that they're able to recruit are going to be there each and every year having that opportunity. Then Michigan State is trying. I'm not a big Mel Tucker guy. Never have been. But if Mel Tucker ends up being good, uh, really good, and they've got a lot of talent, maybe Michigan State crawls into that. Indiana, Rutgers, Maryland not happening. So... That is what that is. I mean, Indiana had a, had a nice little blip there with Tom Allen as head coach, had that year, and now the guy that was the star of that program, Penix, their quarterback, just uh, transferred to Washington. So uh, that that story is done. Rutgers and Maryland, again, they've been fighting that uphill battle uh, for a while. It just makes more sense to me that if a Michigan was, say, on the side of Wisconsin, if Michigan was over on this side, uh, it, it may be, um, I don't know, Uh, and uh, who would it be? Maybe a Purdue uh, is over on the other side with Indiana. Okay, I get down with that. I'm fine with that. I have no issue with that whatsoever. And you're literally moving two teams, flip-flopping two teams, Michigan and Purdue. Michigan is a team we've seen with Wisconsin that still can be beatable. And it has been beatable since Harbaugh's been there. This is really the one great year they've had under Harbaugh. So, beatable. But on balance of recruiting and everything else, maybe that pushes everybody else to recruit at a higher level or change the way they do things to try to keep up with the Joneses. Am I making any sense whatsoever to you, Dan Plecker? Yeah, I mean, I
0: just – I think it's it's like it just a lax on that side of the conference just in general on on the on the Wisconsin side of things. It's it's disappointing. I did look up because I think you you referenced the um, the rankings that were out yesterday during the day before the day had
4: ended. Correct. That was at like ten in the morning, is what mm-hmm. uh, Brian Mac put out. And so, then Kokarowski when he was on, said the Badgers finished at or were at as of this afternoon before he left uh, at like forty or forty one or
0: something like that. And, and there's still times to it's time to go. In, in all this, yeah. There, this this was early. February signing day, not is by the time we get day. done. Right. Correct. Um, but. Iowa had crept above Rutgers and Maryland, so they were the only team in the top seven in terms of recruiting. So they got up in to six. The conference, correct? But they
4: were still behind Indiana.
0: Correct, and so, in other words, the East has the top six spot or top five, five. spots. Iowa's sixth, and then seven and eight are also the East.
4: How does Indiana recruit our side? How again? I know recruiting classes when they're smaller, it's harder because you have to have more kids, have more high stars, and so forth. And when you have, you know, schools that aren't capable of getting four and five star kids regularly, that's a problem. But I'm sorry, if I'm Nebraska, not at any point should I be viewed as last in the Big Ten of recruiting. Like, that should never be a thing. Never at any point, yeah, if I'm I, Nebraska, I, <laughs> should Indiana be in front of me in recruiting. That is it's it unbelievable. It should not happen.
0: Yeah, and Illinois, too. Another school, in both Indiana, Illinois, above uh, Nebraska as
4: well. Dave, they, just... I'm telling you right now, I don't like Brad Bielema, never have liked Brad Bielema, and he don't like me. Fine. Dude can recruit, and he can coach better than y'all give him credit for. I know it didn't go well at Arkansas. But I'm telling you, he's going to get Illinois turned around. And when I mean turned around, I don't mean go compete for a playoff spot. What I mean is they're going to be in a bowl game every year. They're going to be in a New Year's Day bowl game probably every couple of years. He's going to get them turned around. And as he gains his sea legs again and gets re with what's going on in Wisconsin, because a lot of the coaches that were here when he was here have retired. They're gone. So he's got to rebuild those bridges in the state of Wisconsin with a lot of these younger guys that are coaching now. He's going to eventually come into Wisconsin, and I'll tell you the other thing that I've noticed this year more than other. And I should have asked Kokorowski and I didn't. I feel like to you, Ryan Day's all over Wisconsin all of a sudden with Ohio State. Like I don't remember a lot of Wisconsin-Ohio State battles in this state of where kids were going to go. That that to me, I don't remember that. Now maybe it's Ohio State now realizes the quality of offensive linemen finally after thirty years that Wisconsin's putting out, and have decided to put some resources into Wisconsin. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But Ohio State's now has come up twice for two different recruits, of it being Wisconsin and Ohio State. And then Notre Dame comes in and takes the kid from you and brings them down to South Bend. Both those schools, both of them competing for playoffs, or that's the goal every year is to compete for playoffs and to compete for a national championship. Notre Dame, grades, grades, very important at Notre Dame, just like at Wisconsin. Where, do you have the rankings over there for everybody in college football, Plucker? Where is yes. where is Notre Dame uh in in recruiting? Because they've got a switch of coaches. Brian Kelly's gone. So you, you got the new coaching place at LSU, the defensive coordinator, the young dude, the 35-year-old mm-hmm. or however old he is. So what where are they at? The
0: thing is Notre Dame's still Notre Dame, uh, but they are number seven. <laughs> Just behind Penn State, who's number six, North Carolina, number eight. Uh, Michigan nine, Oklahoma ten, Kentucky and Missouri eleven and twelve, so, Florida State thirteen,
4: Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Those three are in the top ten.
0: Correct, the Big Ten. Teams and
4: where is Michigan 10? State?
0: Michigan State. Oh goodness, they are twenty-one. So Almost four
4: back. in the top twenty on that side of the conference.
0: Uh, Indiana is actually twenty. So twenty. Yeah. So
4: they've got five in the top twenty-one in the country. What is Tom Allen doing in Indiana to have a top 20 recruiting class? Anybody?
0: I mean. Going off of, I guess he's really going off. We had that one year. I can build again off that one year. Like, we just needed a quarterback. We had all these injuries. Because Indiana had a bunch of injuries this past season. I have a question. Yeah.
4: How many years has Wisconsin had? Where they've been bowl every, every year. The whole deal. This program was horrible this year. He's got top 20 recruiting class. Again, how many kids are in that recruiting class? Uh, what Wisconsin's,
0: does have? they have 14 commits right now. What does
4: Indiana have, 17?
0: Indiana has, I'm scrolling back to it, they have 19. So a couple more commits. A lot can change still. There, there's still a lot of room here for for things to change, <clears throat> especially for Wisconsin going forward. They're 44th in the country, one spot behind their rivals, Minnesota. <clears throat> Purdue's 39th. Unbelievable.
4: I see Sparky Pfeiffer, he is our guy. Dan Plucker, other side of the glass. Uh, Michael Lombardi, friend of the show, comes on all the time. He was just on Pat McAfee's show uh, today on SiriusXM Radio talking about Aaron Rodgers. I have to play for you what he said. We'll do that coming up next on Sparky's Midday Madness. Hey, no matter your favorite sport, the place to be for great food, fun, and playing your own favorite indoor games is Cute Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room. They got indoor bocce ball. Yeah, pool tables, ping pong, darts, foosball, everything. Settle down to some awesome food after you're done playing or while you're playing. Got loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up <laughs> with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 a.m. The fans, Steve Sparky, Fiverr with you here on a Thursday. A pick and save football Friday comes up tomorrow. Looking forward uh, to that. Confident, concerned, and curious tomorrow on the uh, Wendy's Big Show with myself and uh, Leroy Butler. Plus, we will also have uh, Herm Edwards, the head coach at Arizona State, will be on the show tomorrow talking about their matchup uh, coming up. Against the Wisconsin Badgers. Looking forward uh, to that. Also, Ian Harditz, fantasy football in the last hour of the show, pro football focus. Also, looking forward to that uh, as well. So, should be a fun, fun show uh, coming up tomorrow. All right. Uh, so, in the break, Dan Plucker uh, said uh, that uh, he has some news about the NFL. Uh, and uh, some different changes involving uh, COVID, uh, possibly at this point. Uh, Dan Plucker, what do you have, my friend?
0: Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Uh, Essentially, we have some new rules in the NFL about the COVID protocols, and that includes that when people are in or outside of the building, regardless of vaccination status, they must be masked um, in all meetings, They're eliminating all in-person meals and no outside visitors while the team is traveling. So no more family? That's what it seems like.
4: No outside visitors, I would assume. They're going to try and bubble up here as much as they can. They're going to try and bubble up each team as as much as they can to kind of make sure there's no outside interference. But again, when you go home, you're still going to have your family members at your house and so forth. Mm -hmm. So what they're trying to uh, uh, essentially eliminate is... When you are on the road, uh, they don't want more people than necessary, obviously, on the plane. They obviously don't want uh, outsiders uh, that haven't been tested or whatever the case may be interfering. So, you know, those guys that want to go out to the club or guys that want to go out to dinner and so forth, it sounds like maybe they're going to try and uh, sway those uh, people maybe not to do as much and and kind of stay in the hotel, eat your meals, do whichever you got to do. Don't leave the hotel uh, and kind of get ready for the next football game. They got to do something because at some point here, you're you're going to run out of guys. Washington, as of this morning, had 21 guys on the COVID list. 21 guys. Think about that. The Packers got Kenny Clark added to the COVID list today. The Bears lost three of their coordinators, offensive coordinator Bill Lazor, their defensive coordinator, and their special teams coordinator all on the COVID list. Now, offensively, they're fine with Nagy, right? He'll, he'll call plays again. He's horrible at it, but he'll do it. Uh, defensively, you still have Pettin. so he'll probably call the defense would be my guess. And then special teams, somebody will call the special teams. There's always you know two or three special teams coaches one way or the other uh, that'll cover the special teams uh, job. So it's not end of the world. Uh, but again, how much of a big deal is it when a head coach misses a game? Versus a quarterback, versus somebody else. They've already went through with Rodgers, but how big of a deal is it going to be, Plucker, if Packers get into a pole season? Game of the out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be absolutely devastating, no doubt. But we do have positive news on that perspective oh. of things because uh, the NFL also said this is from uh, Charles Robinson that if you test positive but are vaccinated and asymptomatic, there's a lower threshold for return. That threshold is you can immediately start retesting after your first positive and only need one negative to return to the team. I, I so don't understand. in the past, in the past, you need two. If you if you were positive and you were vaccinated, you needed to have two negative tests Correct. over the span of three days. Now it is immediate. So as soon as you test positive, you can get tested again, and if you test negative, you can return right away. Oh. And most of these players, according to reports uh, from Charles Robinson as well, say that they are uh, asymptomatic and are vaccinated. So essentially, it's However long it takes for a for them those, exactly to, to get another te- negative, negative test. test. But a, a, the rule was previous, which has not been clarified yet, that it could not that game day was not included. So if you test positive on game day, you cannot
4: play. So you have until Saturday to play on Sunday, Ascend. Sunday to play on Monday. Correct.
0: And if you test positive on Saturday and then test again on Sunday, but you're uh but you are negative, you still can't play. That was the rule in the past. That the, the game day assume, was not included I as one of the days. I would assume that would stay
4: that way. I would assume. It would be my guess, but who knows. Hey, are you looking for a new career? Would you like to be a part of a Christian-based family-run company? How about a company that's been in business for over 30 years? How about a company that's been listed on Inc. Magazine as one of America's fastest-growing companies, seven out of eight years? Well, you're in luck. Young Express, the company we talk about so much, is growing and looking to hire immediately. This is what you need to have to apply for the dispatch position at Young Express. You have to be able to multitask in a fast-paced environment, good communication skills, computer literate, and an overall friendly disposition for dealing with a variety of customers and drivers. I like to translate this uh, from my perspective as don't be a jerk. No experience necessary, and they're going to train you at Young Express to do that dispatch job. Now, once you're part of the Young Express team and they hire you, You get competitive hourly wage, paid holidays, vacation time, personal days, 401k with company match, health plan, profit sharing. Apply today at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express success drives them. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you what Michael Lombardi had to say about Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show earlier today. Plus, we'll check in with our guy, Rami Makhlouf, as he gets ready for the Rami show coming up here in about... Uh, 10 minutes or so. Welcome in to Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan live from the Lakeland University Studios. Leader in online education for more than 25 years. Lakeland.edu. That's Lakeland.edu. Rami Makhlof, uh joins me now. Plucker, were we able to get that uh, sound that we were looking for by any chance? Yes,
0: it should be in two.
4: All right. Beautiful. Uh, I'm going to play the sound for you, Rami Makloff, And then uh, we can talk uh, about what Michael Lombardi... Uh, friend of the Wendy's Big Show. Uh, Always has something to say about the Green Bay Packers. He was on the Pat McAfee Show uh, earlier today on Sirius XM Radio and got into the conversation about Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, and the Green Bay Packers.
1: The throw he made, I text you, Pat, after he made that throw. There's only three people on planet Earth that could make that throw. Like, it was unbelievable. And everything he does... It, it, just the little things. In the second half, when he takes the play clock all the way down, he knows the opponents, Not the no longer the Bears, it's the clock. I mean, he does things that, that most great coaches have to tell you to do, and he does them instinctively. So I, I think they're going to be hard to play. I think defensively, Kenny Clark went on COVID today. I think that's going to be an issue. But, I mean, he can overcome everything. I mean, he can overcome everything. And, look, I don't want to dismiss LaFleur, but, you know, LaFleur's got, what, an 80% winning percentage? I mean, take away that guy. Take away that guy. Here's what I will predict. He may not win. He should be the MVP of the league. I'll say that. But he will be the first 50 million dollar player in the NFL. look, I love Tommy Brady more as much as anybody and Tom Tom's had such an incredible season this year, but Tom's got a good team around him now that offensive line's really good. he doesn't have any injuries. He's got really good receivers around him you know and he's got fournette in the backfield and a defense that's got some liability in the secondary because of injuries. but when you look at when you look at Rogers, I mean he's playing with a backup left tackle. You know, we're waiting for Bakari to come back. The, the right tackle gets hurt last week. Inside hint? players. I mean, you know, and he, and he makes it all work. He makes it all. He goes into Arizona without anybody, and he beats Arizona there. I mean, come on.
4: I have any uh, issues with what Michael Lombardi said around the Actually, that goes right into
3: something we are going to discuss. I don't know if we're going to get to it today. Yeah, I think we're going to get to it today on the show. I don't have a rundown. We had printer issues. So I'm just trying to remember the show today off the top of my head. Should make for an entertaining show. You know how that is. That's not going to go well. I have it in my email. I'm just, I can't get to my email from where I'm. So I'll have a rundown in front of me during the show. So you're not doing
4: it by memory. Right now during
3: the preview where you're going to ask me what's on the show today. mm, So get to it. That's tough. But I was going to ask the question, is is Aaron Rodgers the only reason that they've been able to overcome all these injuries? And it sounds like that's what Michael Lombardi is saying right there.
4: Correct. You think that's the only reason? Um, I think that's a large reason. Yes, if you don't have Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love as the quarterback, this is not their record. Okay, no, I no, this is definitely not their record, and they're not a playoff team probably. But having said that, I mean this defense is really good, right? They they've done a really a lot of good things. Jordan Love would have to prove he can throw the ball and be effective in order to take everybody out of the box to be able to run the football effectively. And this offense needs to be able to run the football effectively for a Jordan Love. Uh, or for um, a Jared Goff or whoever the case may be uh, in order to move the ball and score the ball. Rodgers, again, yeah, he covers up a lot. No question. We've seen that. He's been hurt twice, and they've been horrible. Now, again, that was McCarthy. That's not LeFleur. Uh So maybe it's different with Lafleur than it was with McCarthy one way or the other. There is definitely a lot of talent on this team. But now if, if you're going to say, okay, we'll take Aaron Rodgers out, we'll put Kirk Cousins in, maybe they don't have the exact same record, but they're still a playoff team. People would still be talking about him going into the playoffs. If say Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, a veteran guy that's been around a long time, mm-hmm. I, I think then you know that's maybe a little bit different. So, but I I think he I think, I think he we're going to get lot. to that
3: question at four o'clock out of the gates. We're going to ask: Are you paying? Are you are you even wondering what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers this off season or this season? This off season, or are you just enjoying the season that's being played no. as it goes on? No, what?
4: Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm definitely thinking about you're it. You're definitely. It's in the Rogers, back of your head. Rodgers on Tuesday. Yeah, I know. Talking to McAfee. That's and, what brought it up. Oh, you excited about, uh, you know, it sounds like you're excited about being a, a Green Bay Packer.
3: I'm enjoying uh, playing ball is what he said.
4: After a pause. Yeah. Hmm.
3: Yeah. So he's, it's clearly not a done deal yet that he's sticking around. And I, I don't, Sparky, I don't know about you every because we do what we do and it's fine people will come up to us and they want to talk about sports right in a bar at a comedy show Uh whatever the case might be the first question i always get you think roger's coming back next year you think roger's coming back next i feel like this is a cloud looming over this season for packers fans so i just want to get a gauge on that dennis krause will be here at four thirty. eric name will be here at five o'clock also uh going off the urban meyer thing i want to know who's the worst boss you ever had and i want to hear some horror stories
4: I don't think I have one. Really? You've never had a bad boss? Oh, probably. But worse? Like somebody. Yeah. I don't know.
3: You know I do. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't.
4: I thought I did. But at the toy drive, you said it was the best boss you ever worked for. So I don't. I also think denounced my case.
3: Bears fandom. If you haven't noticed, I'm still a Bears they fan. They played on the yeah. score every day now. Yeah, I know. You're saying the Bears still I, suck? I know. I'm aware. Yeah. I'm aware.
4: uh, It's too bad. Uh, Coming up next, he is Rami Makloff, The Rami Show. Don't change that dial. He's very funny. Stay tuned. Toodles!
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.